Welcome into another off-season edition of Bare Bones. My name is Mason West, and as always, I am joined by Danny Meehan. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm good, Mason. How are you? Pretty good. You know, it's our first mock was in the off-season because our team sucks and didn't make it far enough in the playoffs to be relevant. So now we're in the true off-season. There isn't any more football unless you count the USFL starting. And so now our mocks are getting obviously quite serious. And my draft prep is getting very, very, very serious. Look out for building the board, everyone. It's coming. And then I said this last episode, I'm going to lean on Danny's expertise and a lot of things uh, that are coming up mocking player-wise. Just because I'm not going to lie, I don't have the time or wherewithal to dive into all the players like I probably should. So you No, know, you just gonna... don't have the commitment, Mason. It's not time. It's commitment. All right? I do not have the commitment to be watching – college football tape at 3 a.m just I'm, I'm in just bed. hundreds I'm and hundreds of players yeah just yeah, there is a there is a limit but before we get to the mock there is some bears news to talk about uh the Bears sent out an email titled chicago bears open letter regarding closing on arlington heights park property some of the takeaways this is another step towards arlington park property being fi- with a finalization of the purchase According to the barriers, this does not guarantee the land will be developed, but it's an important step. And also, the development of the Arlington Heights property would be one of the largest mega projects in Midwest history. It created a thousand jobs, have a $9.4 billion economic impact, and provide $3.9 billion in new labor. Danny, what are your thoughts? I think it was just the kind of the foregone conclusion, you know, like what, the second it was announced that they were interested in the property and you heard that, you know, they gave the checklist to the city of Chicago that they needed to, ha- you know, let them have a sports book, let them own the land, let them loan the, own the, you know, uh, the stadium itself. And they said no to all of it. It was, a, it, it was the writing on the wall. They're leaving. Like It, it was never really, a thought even when once they announced that they were exploring it that's where they were going because the Arlington racetrack was gone and they can effectively make that bears land there's going to be a casino there's going to be a hotel there's going to be parking garages it's just going to be a giant bears amusement park effectively and they can pocket all the money from it it makes sense it always made sense yeah i mean it for that matter a good example um, from when I was doing some of the Chicago Audible stuff last year, I remember we we the game would end, the press conferences would end, and we were sitting there trying to find a place to do the podcast live from the stadium, and we would be getting kicked out constantly by the cleaning crews. And then when we would say something to the Bears PR, like, hey, you know, can't be a part of you can find us a room, they'd basically say just do what you can because they didn't own the dang building. Like the cleaning crews could do what they wanted because they were employed by the city of Chicago and we got moved. So long story short, the bears would own this straight up and they can do what the heck they want. Not just in the stadium, but with all of that land, which as you said, really would just be, you know, Hallis mania bears land, however you want to put it. Yeah. Sweetness park. I think pick, pick your bears legend and throw it in there and make it a, yeah, there you go. <laughs> One thing that I liked the most, though, was with Lori Lightfoot and Chicago's response to that, in the second paragraph, they misspelled soldier in soldier field. <laughs> like, well, that if was you're like basically this... be saying, hey, no, we, we still hope that we can fix this, spell it right. 
Well, it's like just like the thought process of they think that the Bears are going to lose the ability to be the Chicago Bears. Like, no, not many teams play in their cities anymore. The Cowboys aren't in Dallas. I believe they're technically in Fort Worth, right? The right. the San Francisco 49ers are not in San Francisco. They're in Santa Clara or Santa Monica. I don't know the regions of, of California that well. I know it's Santa something or other, but it's like – they're going to be the Bears. They're not going to leave the city of Chicago and then all of a sudden be like, oh, we're the Arlington Park Grizzlies or something like that. It's going to be the Chicago Bears. It's, a char- it's the charter yeah. franchise. <laughs> like, Absolutely. 100%. And it's, what is it? What like The mileage isn't even enough to even be like worried about it. They're not playing down in Springfield. It's, Arl- it's Arlington Heim. Like, I don't know. Everyone needs to calm down on that. It's, it's happening... It's just a matter of when, not if, and you know if. I mean, as, some, as someone who lives, be some sign of what's to come, considering what he's doing this bank. I mean, as someone who lives on the northwest side of the city, I'm not going to complain about them going to Arlington Heights. <laughs> I think we discussed the, the this perk enough. We, you guys aren't here for that. Y'all are here to have a conversation about the draft. Uh, as we talked about last time, obviously this is 100% accurate, and Danny and I are predicting these to you know perfection. But in all reality, <laughs> that's not what this is, right? In all reality, this is a, a this is an exercise for Danny and myself to get to know some of these prospects better, and for you too to get to know some of these prospects, so that when you're doing your own mock drafts, so that when you're seeing these numbers come out at the combine and the pro days, that you're like, oh, I remember Danny really liked. Uh, PJ Mustafer out of Penn State, and you know, why would you do that? Why, to you me? Know, da, 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 da. <laughs> this accusation that I just adore PJ Mustafer in the chat and on the show—what is this? I'm just gonna say it until like it just becomes a thing on the Twitterverse <laughs> that you just love PJ. <laughs> that Danny just loves PJ Mustafer in any of our draft. yeah, because none of us are gonna neither of us gonna take him in our draft. So I gotta get him in somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> following on twitter whether it was with myself danny or with uh second city gridiron when you see the gridiron you knew that uh Kyrie thompson guest star was going to come on and give us his thought process but he's not gonna be here uh he had friend daddy the, duty that came of, up so you're stuck with just friend of the son. show Kyrie thompson but he'll be back don't worry uh he's gonna save oh, his picks he's gonna save his thought process for another day so now to it. Uh, a couple rules as a reminder. For right now, we're still only doing one trade. So keep that in mind when you're looking at what we're seeing here. Um, and we can't redraft. So if you're sitting there being like, why the heck did Mason not take Jalen Carter? Well, it's because I took him last time we did this, and I can't take him again. Is what it is. Until the final rendition. Until the final rendition where we'll do it live, we'll be a brain trust, and we'll sit there and chat and figure out who we're going to take. And go through it that way. But as you can see, I just threw uh, my picks up there. Oh, my trade. I didn't want to throw all the picks. Ignore that. You didn't see that. Uh, basically, I traded with the Seahawks. Keeping it cool. Um, I have to do the exact same thing. I realized I did it for your picks too. So I'll just read them out loud and we'll through the slide. But basically, I traded with the Seahawks. Um, in that trade, I was able to snag the two first-round picks. Um, I believe, I'm trying to remember, I think they took, 
they ended up taking a quarterback actually i think with their pick when they traded up to to number one which you can argue if you think that'll happen or not i'm not a big geno smith guy i think you only pick five frequently unless you're the browns of old uh, but yeah so i ended up i'm just trying to take a peek here i gave up the first round pick got fifth round pick pick or fifth pick 20th pick these their second round pick and a future first so I think it was a pretty good deal on my end. With that first pick, ended up taking Miles Murphy. And of Clemson. Now, 6'5", 273. He's got the floor of an NFL starter. He played in 13 games in 2022 and recorded 23 tackles, 10 assists, and while making 22 stops. As a pass rusher, he produced 34 total pressures. 21 QB hurries, seven QB hits, and six sacks. He's got good size, great speed off the edge, and ability to turn the corner. Uh, he can also win going speed to power with a solid leg drive to push blockers back. Possesses length and power to ward off offensive tackles. His spin move, if you have a chance watching some of his highlights, it's its absolutely ridiculous. Um, he has the get-off burst to fire upfield and use that length to attack blocks. And he's pretty good against the run, too. Even as a freshman, he posted a 92.5 run grade, which led the entire nation freak athlete athletic skill he can play a bit tall at times though and can lose leverage and struggles to shed blockers if he really has a solid tackle on him and lacks diversity in their his rush moves so is there a ceiling can he develop some of those rush moves i look at him as potentially like a trayvon walker type uh yeah, yeah that's that's who i picked first after i traded back i pick uh num- at my pick number five number five And going to flip through that so that no one sees all of your picks, Danny. But just to remind everyone what you ended up doing, you traded back with the Panthers, giving up the first pick, this year's fifth-round pick, a future fourth. Wow, that's an interesting combo. But you received this year's ninth from the Panthers, their their third-rounder, their fourth-rounder, a future first, third, another future first, and a future fourth. That's a lot of capital moving back. Yeah, it was one of those things. I was when I was playing with it, like I didn't know where. Like I was like trying to like use charts, and I was like, where can it? Where would it make up? Where would you? Where would points kind of equal equalize? There's the simulators are so broken for broken for what you can get in a trade back kind of thing. But I know like when you're going nine to one, you're going from the back end of the top ten to the top spot. So it's going to be a little bit more hefty of a price than moving from four to one. Let's say. And truth be told, I was having a little bit of issues with the simulator itself where it was like I'd get to the end of the draft and it would kick me out and reset it. And I, I finally just – it finally went through and I just did not like how this draft turned out in general. But I tried to make it a little bit different. So with the ninth pick, I ended up taking Jackson Smith Jigba from Ohio State University, the wide receiver. And <laughs> – don't ask me why I did this. It was I more just Twitter. Very happy with that draft choice. I'm pretty sure I see his name at least 20 times a day. Problem is, I just don't think he's a top 10 talent. I don't think he's a top 15 talent, really. But he makes sense, and it's hard to argue with sense when you're talking about getting weapons for Justin Fields, especially a guy that Justin has now name dropped on the part of my, my take podcast has a prior history with him back at Ohio State. Um, so to kind of just give you a quick rundown on Jackson Smith Jigba, he's 
kind of your t- your your tougher than hell run after catch slot receiver zero fear going over the middle he has a per- tendency to find soft spots in the zone he's a really natural fluid route runner though he does tend to round things off at the top and maybe kind of give away where his breaks and his 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 moves are going to be to try to sell the route because he he's just not a he he's one speed he doesn't really have a, a great top end um He's more fluid than he is anything in terms of his athleticism. Like, it's very smooth to watch him, not so much, like, explosive and get the hell downfield like you would imagine, like, Jalen Waddle was coming out or Henry Ruggs, which obviously not a great person, but kind of that's sort of a athlete. Um, the, the other um, kind of – thing to worry about with him is he really only had one season of production at Ohio state lost a lot of time this year due to injury and, you know, Marvin Harrison jr. Kind of taking over as the man, even when he was healthy earlier this year. Um, And I do wonder if he is in so many words, just slot only. Like I don't see him having much, if any ability to line up outside because of his athletic limitations. Um, I actually, it's funny that um, so many people that I have so many concerns about his athleticism and being slot only because that kind of leads me to kind of believe he's a little bit like Jarvis Landry meeting Julian Edelman in that kind of realm of just slot only, tough as hell, like wide receivers who find who make their living as zone beaters who went, went off acumen and being a wide receiver, not a great athlete. I mean, absolutely all. He's definitely a very talented He's benefiting from it not being the strongest wide receiver class in terms of where he's kind of slotting in, as well as the fact that, you know, being an Ohio State wide receiver, the connection to Justin Fields. Justin did name drop him, of course, too, which which, uh, which helps. Um, and, and that's why I think there's such a call for him. I'm confident he'll be an NFL contributor. I'm just... I definitely would not pick him any higher than where you are for sure, Danny. Like, I mean, there's I some people. I don't even think I'd really make him a top like five. If, wild. Mason, I, I'll be real with you. If, if they really, that's who their heart was set on. I get it at nine. Like say, if that were the trade back they'd make, I'd almost want them to trade back another once or twice. I prefer him in the team. Yeah. I prefer him in the teens, maybe even twenties. I just don't think this receiver class is all that special. Yeah, 14, I'd be like, okay, I gotcha. You said 20, 20, 22, I'd be like, there you go. You got it. But yes, what happens when you, uh, in theory, have what you call a weaker class. Yep, especially in comparison uh, to the other two. Now it's a back another first-round pick with that trade back with the Seahawks. And of course, here at pick 20. Very excited. Love Zay's game. Five foot nine, 182. He really could have come out last year, but he decided to turn out to turn go back to Boston College. And it was a good call just because, again, weaker wide receiver draft this year. And he really made a name for himself. He played in all in 12 games, 78 catches for 1,077 yards, 12 touchdowns, and he had a quarterback rating of 106.1 when he was targeted. He's small, of course, at 5'9, 182, but he makes up for it with long feet and quickness. Extremely dangerous in the open field, showing some crazy vision, creativity to run through defenses. I would 
expect him to run incredibly well by a pro day. Violent runner with on his hands, uh, very good at working out numbers, and has pretty amazing ball track skills. It does the little things well downfield to creation and leaves enough room on the sideline for his quarterback to drop a nice little dime in there. Explosives off the line and can adjust to four throws, uh, which is he had to do with his Boston College's quarterback. Not exactly great. When the play breaks down, his off-script route running is great, which would pair amazingly well. Justin, he had too many drops. He had nine in 2022, and we'll need to develop some consistency there. Small catch radius due to the size and probably is going to be kind of a net negative as a run blocker. Um, but it kind of the lazy take, but the obvious one that jumps out to me is he looks like Antonio Brown, you know, just, just in terms of the size, in terms of route running, about the terrible off-the-field stuff, hopefully, as as he comes out. I don't think – no, if he'll make it to 20, to be completely honest. Um, he was on the Senior Bowl team with all of the Patriots staff and media members and everything like that, and I, I'm pretty – they love him. They absolutely do. So I – if, I think they're picking at, what is it, 14 or something like that. I'm not sure he even makes it to here. But if you want him, he's, especially if he runs at the combine, I think he's going to solidify himself as a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, he, his rise has been meteoric the past few weeks. It's like he was projected to be early, mid-second rounds, and all of a sudden we're talking about him in the mid to late first. It's crazy how fast he's risen. And, and very well deserved. The kid's film is undeniable his demeanor on field is undeniable it's hard not to like what you see when you watch him oh and as a reminder for all those listening uh there is a bit of a snow ish storm not a storm but like there's snow that going on right now in chicagoland area so for any choppy or anything like that i'll be apologize but we can't control mother nature so sorry um, I get to go again, uh, just again because of some of the have at it, and such that I did. Have at it, and I was able to snap defensive interior lineman Kalijah Key um, out of Pittsburgh. He's six foot two seventy five. Uh, unfortunately, a bit undersized, but and so he's going to get a lot of Aaron Donald comparisons, and that's just going to be inevitable. Um, but and there are definitely some similarities in Kansi's quickness off the ball and explosive hands to play in certain gaps. He recorded 19 tackles, four assists, 21 stops. And as a pass rusher, he had 47 total pressures, including 30 quarterback hurries, nine quarterback hits, and eight sacks. Elite athletic skill, strong lower body at the point of attack, and can shed blocks relatively easy. Explodes off the line with a quick first step with some pretty agile feet to counter inside. Ever pass rusher, I mean, he's, he would be an absolute... Ibrufu's guy, uh, good initial quickness and the ability to be blocker to the inside. Pretty browser rusher who needs to develop some counter moves, though, unfortunately. Very pursuit conscious and will take some unneeded wide angles as a part of that. Uh, his frame presents a challenge, and it's hard to predict what he's going to be at the next level because of that. Uh, he has to work overtime to clear his ads and simply cannot afford any technical lapses. He lacks mass and he lacks length. Uh, but that's also what him in the second round. Uh, lack of size will be more pronounced for NFL blockers, but he has the disruptive qualities that can definitely translate to the pro game. And as we saw, we, we've seen Aaron Donald do it, who's undersized, but also, I mean, Aaron Donald is was made in a lab. So um, to, to expect that out of Elijah would be unfair. But I, I still think he'd be a solid guy to take a look at it in the defensive interior. Yeah, I would agree with Aaron. I just, like you kind of already mentioned, Aaron Donald comparisons, especially because he's coming out of pit, are just so 
easy and lazy, but he's got some stuff to like, but he's got a lot to work on. The athleticism is there, but I do wonder, uh, like for as much as Ibraflus and the, the the staff may like his raw ability, I do wonder if they'll like his measurables because they tend to seem at least at the on the surface to like bigger bodies, despite running the classic cover two that we know so well here in Chicago. Yeah, I think there's a reason why you, you know DeForest Buckner with the Colts, uh, Larry Ogunjobi obviously was one going to be one of Poles' first signings. Uh, both of those individuals are massive human beings, so it'd be interesting to see where they go after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now Danny's up, round two, pick thirty-nine. All right, so I actually just recently finished watching this guy, and I'm still iffy on his name. Um, so forgive me on the pronunciation of it, Atatomiwa. Adabaware is how I've come to say it. I don't think I did it justice, but I also don't think I destroyed it. The first thing that pops up when you watch him is his ability to play the run. He is relentless backside. He sets the edge. He is he is a menace against the run, and he just makes life hell on running backs with the way he's able to stack shed and get his way to the running back or ball carrier, whoever it might be. Um, the first step then is the second thing that really comes on like a noticeable uh, plane in terms of he gets off the ball and he gets off in a hurry. And then you see these long tree vine arms that come shooting out of his shoulder pads that allow him to get leverage and and able to get into the tackle's chest. Uh, He's a very good, if not elite athlete that from what I can tell. And the other part that I really like about him is um, he's lined up at defensive end. He's lined up at defensive tackle and all sorts of techniques from one to three to five to nine. So he can line up all over the ball and you can effectively have a defensive line chess piece. Now what's weird about him is his build overall. While he does have these long like arms, he's six foot two and 285 pounds. So he's almost got like a, a fire hydrant build for a guy that heavy to be that short. Um, I do wonder uh, if he's kind of more of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, because he doesn't really have a ton of production. It's all kind of in the theoretical of if you can get his – what I will assume is are going to be really good measurables once he runs and does everything at his pro day and combine. Or is he more of a jack-of-all-trades? So, And obviously he's short how many super short pass rushers can you really remember? I mean, it's easy to point to like the mid two thousands or 2010s Colts, but with Freeney and Robert Mathis, but short pass rushers just really aren't the most common thing in the world. I just think he might have a leg up because it seems that he has these really long arms. What about you? What do you think, Mason? Any thoughts on him or haven't, haven't you really gotten much into him yet? looked at him i've been interested in um i think for one i mean whenever i've done mock drafts they just right um area and being a northwestern guy uh, being able to snag someone with that kind of length and then what we think is 
measurables will be uh, is, but ultimately, does that matter if he can turn the corner as well as we think he might be able to do? And and that's the big part of it. But like they, like I said, he's just it feels like he's also theoretical. Like I love what I watch, and I love the fact that I think he's a ready-made pro in terms of his run his run stopping ability and his ability to play up and down the line. I just wonder if that limits him because of his height, because of his use all over Northwestern's line and not just saying, hey, pin your ears back, go learn to do this one position, you know? It's it's a blessing and a curse in a way. Yeah, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, I am back up. Round two, pick 54. Did it foul? I am taking Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. I really I was at Georgia before transferring. I mean, I'm not a big college football guy. I'm not going to lie. It just, I just never happened. Uh, but I find it wild that he transferred the way he did, and then he's been as protective as he was. I mean, he just has an uncanny ability to get to the line, quickly assess, and then burst through the hole. His vision is amazing. He ran for 850 yards on 136 attempts. That's three yards per carry. Seven touchdowns, no fumbles. And as a receiver, he made a, 40, he had 42 receptions for 378 yards. So he definitely is a threat out of the backfield. He'll help the O-line a ton just by setting his blocks. He's a very patient runner. But that's also because his acceleration is ridiculous. He can be patient because his mm-hmm. 0-60 to 60 is just wild from a dead stop. Uh, his pass-catching skills also make a very dynamic and advanced feel for block design. He's only going to be 21 years old by the time he's drafted. So there's a lot, some prime years there. And he's been clocked as high as 22.3 miles per hour on one of some of his 70 plus yard touchdowns. So him and Justin could have some some races, which would be fantastic. Uh, it's rare to see a running back possess both the pass catching he has and also his power ability to run. And he can really fit with any NFL offense, whether it's pretty run heavy, pass heavy, and would be really coveted. His size and run power may be an issue, but you can let Herbert be the battering ram and let him come in and be more of that change of pace back. If you bring in another running back in this offseason, pass blocking is pretty far from where it needs to be. So that's uh, you don't have a Montgomery back, and your two running backs are going to be Herbert, who struggled with pass blocking, and then now Gibbs, who has struggled with pass blocking. Uh, <laughs> you need to do more tight end sets instead of just to, just to survive. Um, so I'm up right now, he can't really beat the bell cow because of that. He's just in terms of what he can do, I mean, he's basically like a faster Debo Samuel. Uh, not saying he's going to be productive as Debo Samuel, but just in terms of the skill set he brings. I mean, you can have him in the backfield. You can have a split out slot if you needed to just uh, to try to get your matchups. He's he's a very interesting product that I think you can get in the, in the back end of the second round. I think that's an excellent assessment, and I think Jameer Gibbs is going to actually rise when he starts testing and stuff. The film is undeniable. I think he's easily, for me at this point, the second-best running back in this class. Um, and just I, right. I, I just I love what he can do. I think he actually has three-down potential just because of his ability to catch the ball and his ability to run like – just nat- like like you said, he's just a natural gifted runner. Uh, just a quick uh, uh, comment here for Richard Long. Herbert's no bad. I basically disagree. I keep running. Bears 
struggled like in the goal line a lot. Uh, but when he's put his head down, plants his foot, that's just my point of view. All right. So for my th- th- third pick out of UCLA, a player that Mason actually took in our last episode, Zach Charbonnet, running back out of UCLA. Now, I actually kind of think he's the best quote-unquote fit of the higher-end running backs in this draft for the Bears system. He's a very patient runner. He almost patient to the point where he has like some of that Mo- David Montgomery issue where it's like, dude, will you just get upfield? But he is a linear runner, very high cut, uh, six foot two, 220 pounds. Uh, does very well for himself in terms of like the straight and straight line speed. He takes a minute to get there, but once he's there, he actually is pulling away from people. So has the ability to go through you or run run past you in some regard as long as he gets enough running room and like out of the uh out of the handoff in terms of just get instead of getting hit right away um the other thing i really liked about him is while he's still developing in pass protection he's very willing he's willing to put that body on the line and really deliver shots to defensive linemen and linebackers coming in on the blitz and because he isn't a diminutive back and he is a bigger stronger running back he can definitely put some punishment on them and make them work for it um as I kind of already covered, he's a little tentative at times in terms of like his pay, like being overly patient. Uh, does run high, um, and he's not really overly shifty or nimble. He's kind of just one move or one cut and go, which is exactly what the zone scheme is—just cut and go. Um, I would actually kind of—he does remind me a bit of Matt Forte and how he plays, probably just because the build is very similar. He's taller. He's like, like just you know, really bigger running back, but. He's my favorite fit for this offense in this draft, but we really don't need to go too far into him given that we covered him a little bit last week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, if you want to hear some more of my thoughts on and my opinions as well on, on Zach, but I mean, I agree with Danny. He's probably one of the better just pure fits. Uh, for for the Bears in terms of what he's going to do in terms of just stick the foot in and go. So, um, yeah, if you want deeper thoughts, look, listen to last week's episode. You know, we got Lester popping in the chat. Thanks, saying great oh. stuff. Thanks, Lester. Appreciate it, Dan. Look, look, at, look at the boss, man. <laughs> but we're also going to take a quick break here. All right, after that quick break, we are back. Danny is back on the board. Pick 64. Big old man in orange. Darnell Ray. Okay, so let me start this out by saying this was purely value based on what I was looking at 
on the PFF simulator at the time I took him. I don't know what kind of athlete he's going to test like, but he is an enormous human being. He is six foot five, three hundred and forty plus pounds, um, massive mauling frame of a body, just an absolute bulldozer in the run game. And he seems to move pretty well on tape. I don't know how he's going to test. It's just he's so enormous. It's hard to like really just guess on that. Um, he's got. Good strength, obviously, just given his size and and really powerful hands. And he his feet, especially in comparison to 21 to now, he, he really calmed his feet down. Um, and he has a really good ability to reroute pass rushers, unsurprisingly, because he's just bigger than everybody else. I do worry um, that he plays a little stiff. He doesn't really get much hip bend. He's more of a waist bender. Um, and he doesn't seem to really have much of a plan so much as just, I'm big, I'm going to put my hands on you and try to move you. Um, and I'm not sure if he's been being taught it or it's just something he's fell into. He doesn't really have the classic technician or technique to him. He's kind of just hugging people. Like there is a hug technique, which was popularized by the Green Bay Packers a few years ago, where it's like kind of borderline holding where you're making the pass rush or make the first move rather than engaging them. But I do wonder if that's just kind of him doing what he's always done versus being taught it because he's just gotten away with being bigger and stronger than everyone his whole career. Um, he also tends to get fooled with delayed blitzes and stunts and twists and stuff like that. It's a pretty easy, easy teachable thing, but it, it shows up pr- pretty pronounced, especially when you're coming up against SEC competition. So there's Darnell Wright's quick synopsis. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to lie. My connection is terrible, so I only heard about half what you said there. I heard massive individual, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> he is he is amazing. He's enormous. And this is like, we're getting out to the, really like this round, maybe moving forward, we're getting some players that, that like, I know that from Danny's, I'm like, I don't know, like, really, I've heard of some of that going this way, too. So I don't have really anything to add on that. That's okay. It's all good, man. So uh, at my pick, he, he's interesting. Um, Matthew Bergeron, six foot five, three hundred twenty-three pounds out of Syracuse. Another man in orange. Funny enough, native of Montreal. So. You know, another maybe try to get another Canadian and ever since. So he's got a lot of experience. Began as a right tackle before moving to left in 2020. So he has experience at both positions and good body control and mobility. Shows excellent awareness. Bergeron has the strong, flexible core, wide base to catch and handle moving defenders easily, redirects, pivots, works well laterally. And he has pretty good length, but his inconsistency with hand time is created some challenges for him protecting the edge. Uh, he's a solid run block blocker, but honestly, it seems like he's a little weak. His functional strength is a bit limited, and he, he's pretty reliant on angles and his technique. Into an NFL room, get him on that regimen, maybe he struggles a little bit as a during his rookie year. Hopefully, he really jumped to play much less the Hope is that the Bears 
bill through free agency and, and who they already have. And the problem is he may transition a guard. So it depends on how you view that. If you want a true like tackle tackle, he may not be for you. If you want someone that's got some flexibility between those two positions, he's someone that you could be looking at. 100% agreed, Mason. I think he really much needs the big boy weight training program in the NFL because he does lack real functional strength, and he's a little bit light through the uh, old hips and ass there. <laughs> and again, Danny is back up. Round three, pick 93. Okay, so Noah Sewell, six foot two, two hundred and fifty-three pounds, much more of the ilk of your older school linebacker. He seems to lack a little bit in coverage instincts, and it was much more of a two-down thumper, as it were. But I think he could make a really good contributor. He is the younger brother of Penne Sewell, the right tackle in Detroit, the very good right tackle in Detroit. Um, but he he is got a he's great stuff. Great size, really strong player. Uh, he stacks and sheds with the best of them. Delivers the boomstick, as it were, when running backs are coming through the hole. He has no issue taking on like a fullback or a tight end in the running game. Um, he did have some issues with fully wrapping up instead of exploding into def- in, into oncoming ball carriers um, earlier in his career, but he definitely cleaned that up later, especially this year where he was much more form conscious. Um, so while he does shed the blocks, well, he does have issues with recognizing them. He seems to just be, like I said, more of a, a see ball, get ball, not really too much of a aware of his surroundings. And he's, he, he is like a, a, he's not fleet of foot really. He tends to be a little bit slow getting to where he wants to go, but, you know, playing him guard to guard isn't the worst thing. I wouldn't say he's necessarily a great fit, but I do like some of what he does offer because the bears did lack a lot of ability in the way of sure tackling outside of Jack Sanborn most of this season. So he was more like a, he felt more like a safe pick than anything as opposed to taking like uh, just a raw athlete at linebacker, like the uh, kid from Auburn, Who's who we t- who who you and I both took Papo Owen Papo uh, last episode who was who I literally called an uncalibrated unguided heat seeking missile just he's all athleticism no idea what he's doing versus Noah Sewell is just a little more safe and comes from you know football bloodlines and stuff like that I I think Sewell is a iffy fit but I think he'd be a solid contributor. I like the pick. Uh, like I think in this defense, having just your linebacker be solid is good because if you can create, which the Bears were awful at, but if you can create a solid defensive line, if you can have, you know, depending on who you get, a, a Jalen Carter in the middle, if you can sign a Deron Payne, if if Washington doesn't come to get come to terms with him, if you can get bring some edge help, you really just need guys who are going to get in there and make sure tackles. So a, a Noah. Sewell's going to do that. Like you said, is he going to blow your socks off with some of the measurables and, and just do the wild, crazy stuff? No, but he's going to he's going to be in the right place at the right time, and and he'll tackle the, the person that's in the hole. So that, that in this defense, that, that works. 
Agreed. Round four, pick three. I dipped back into the wide receiver pool, and I took uh, Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. Six foot like one, one ninety. So I'm definitely on the small, smaller. I'm definitely on the smaller side with some of my uh, my wide receivers I'm taking here. But uh, he's a former track star who won the state title in high school, both in the hundred meter and two hundred meter dashes, with a two hundred meter time that set a state meet record. Originally committed to LSU, but after three seasons, where he had four inches, 450 yards, and three touchdowns, he decided to enter the transfer portal. Uh, he started every game this season for the Cornhuskers and led them in wide kick and punt return yards. This year, he had 71 catches for 1,043 yards, 14.7 yards per catch, nine touchdowns, and when targeted, had a QB rating of 103.7. He tracks the ball very well, gets under the long ball, uh, high points the ball, even though he's only six foot one. Use on jet sweeps and bubble screens a lot. Uh, strong hands and that really lead to drops as long as he doesn't lose concentration, which we're going to get to in a second. Gets off the line of scrimmage well with fast acceleration and some of the best top end speed you'll see in this draft. If, at the combine, I expect him to do quite well in the 40. Uh, doesn't win with elite routes, but has uses his physical gifts instead. Was not asked to run a very diverse route tree. He was kind of just asked, go go run deep and fast. Um, definitely a better route than a recent wide receiver that, that was drafted by the Bears who can run fast. Um, he plays at a, a pretty quick pace that sometimes at the catch point, he's already looking to the next move downfield and loses sight of the ball, which lets it hit his body. So that leads to some drops, uh, which is a problem. Uh, and he also might get shut down by some physical corners. For me, he's kind of a mix between Diami Brown and Jalen Naylor. Uh, just in terms of, of what he brings to the table. So, I mean, if that's your thing, if if you want a, a guy that can be a burner and can can catch the ball deep, he's your guy. Yeah, I mean, I actually really like Trey Palmer. I think I said that literally as you opened up with him. So I, I don't disagree with your assessment. Um, he actually, for better or for worse, I know he left a bad taste in the mouth of a lot of Bears fans, but he kind of reminded me a bit of Mir Smith-Marset coming out of Iowa. <laughs> Just a little bit. Maybe it's just the burner from the Big Ten kind of thing. Don't say but that. Super Bowl champ. Super Bowl champion Amir Smith Marset. That's right. <laughs> oh, what's next? <sighs> Wild. Yeah. Just oh, it's me. On. Moving on. Uh, round four, pick one hundred three. Okay, Kobe Turner. From Wake Forest, he is someone I pr- would project as a true quote-unquote three-technique defensive tackle coming out of Wake Forest. I really like Kobe as a middle-round like gamble if you're trying to find like a better, better pass rusher in the middle coming from coming out of the uh, draft. But I will say for him lacking size, he's six three and probably 285, 290 pounds. So he does fit into the smaller range, but he is strong. He is he he plays with natural leverage, obviously, because he's shorter than most people he's going to be lining up against. He's got a good strong core, good strong base. He he has really good transition of speed to power, but that's kind of where it ends in terms of like his physical abilities. He's got an array of moves. He always rushes with a plan, it feels like he and he just makes life hell on any offensive lineman he's going to come up against because of his array of moves and his handwork and his t- and him being a true technician. Now, 
the part that's hard is despite him being ready for the NFL and the, and the brutality of the league, because he plays hard, he plays strong, he plays fast. He isn't a natural athlete. He isn't the most gifted guy in terms of that, those measurables. He doesn't like explode off the ball with some wicked first step. He's not just kicking someone's ass inside and turn with a just unbelievable athletic ability. He has to win based on technique. And I really think that that can play if he has help otherwise, otherwise, but I think at the very least, if even he scratches the middle area of what his potential could be, you could have a rotational pass rusher inside who could even line up outside from time to time, just because of his technique with how he plays. So I, I actually really like Kobe Turner from what I've watched. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's definitely someone that if the Bears get to this point and gotten drafted someone early, if they haven't, if they don't have one number one and number two answers already by this point, whether it's through free agency and draft, Kobe Turner is someone that I'd be looking at for all the reasons you just said. I'm actually kind of mad I used him this early in our mock draft series because I really Again, like him. Round four, pick one thirty-two, stays stay on the trenches. Okay, Andrew Voorhees. You'll notice throughout this series that if I pick an offensive lineman, they play with a bad, bad attitude and a nasty demeanor. And I really like Voorhees. I think he drops because he's been in college for five ever. I think he was there with Juju and everyone, <laughs> Juju and uh, Valus Jones. Kidding, he wasn't actually there with them, but he's just. He, he's an older older uh, prospect, which later in the draft, especially if you think he can maybe step in and contribute right away, isn't the worst idea in the world. Um, he he run blocks really well. He has a he has a pretty good anchor and his leg. He has a good leg drive when he does engage in the run game. He doesn't really have much of an issue moving people out of the way. Um, picks up blitzers coming through the A and B gaps pretty well, uh, and he has good handwork, but he doesn't really explode with much punch through through his hands he's more of a kind of similar to what i was saying about darnell right earlier he's kind of just this big body that he kind of just hugs you he kind of gets gets his hands on you and he has leg drive to move you around but he does he isn't like the most aggressively blocking guy um i i want to say he may have short arms but i i, I could be wrong on that um he, he is what he is. He's a middle-round offensive lineman. Uh, he probably needs to get a little bit stronger, and uh, he does tend to get – if he gets if he loses inside leverage on his body and because of his lack of core strength, he will get pushed back into the pocket, so he's probably got to get on the NFL. Uh, he's going to need to probably get on the NFL strength and conditioning program, but I, I like what he offers on the surface uh, as an NFL prospect in terms of what he could be down, down the line. And Nomad kind of echoing the same thing I just said. Uh, he needs to get stronger. Now, I don't know how much stronger he can get. USC is a big-time program. They've got real strength and conditioning coaches there. It's obviously not the same level as the NFL, but you just wonder how much time uh, or how much work or f- work can be put into a frame that's already been worked on for five years.
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, round four, you're just looking for either you're looking either for something potential or you're looking for like just stability. If he can strengthen up a little bit, the size is good. I think you're right. His arm length might have been on the lower side. I'd have to double check and look that up, but it'll be definitely an interesting guard prospect. Well, don't, stage. don't worry. We're going to have plenty of measurements coming in the next few months. Back up. <laughs> Round four. Uh, I stayed in the trenches too. Um, and last week I took a center, and this week I'm also going to take a center. It's going to be happening a lot. I think with what you have and how important this is, I mean, you saw, you know, Super Bowl played by one of the best centers in the league out of Kelsey. You need a, you need one. And um, I think it's smart to get one in free agency and then have someone you're developing. But this guy may not even need to develop. Uh, he's a redshirt senior, six foot three, 310 pounds. Dagoon, uh, a four-year starter at Michigan. Plays with a incredibly high football IQ with an angle is there to be a quarterback of Michigan. In 2022, quarterback hurries, five hits, only no sacks while playing at center. And he won the Outland Trophy as well as the Remington Trophy this year, which is pretty impressive for, for him as a center. Consistently sees alerts and purposes to help identify potential blitzers, blitzing defense, will sort of role player is how I describe a lot of sports. As a hand strength and punch timing is, is one of his strong suits with the necessary, the agility, technique, and size will let him be pretty early. His quick, active hands uh, struggles to maintain an advantage position sometimes with a set. That's, you know, results in some inconsistent tends to kind of forward bend sometimes and overly use some extension as well um, at the low back and forces him to bend at the waist to become too heavy at times. Kick slide is inconsistent and will set too high. Uh, not dominant in terms of his run blocking, but can do well in zone blocking, which, you know, obviously is good for the Bears. Needs to work on lower body flexibility. Uh, and actually, in a snowman, just said, I think he could be a starter in week one. You might one just in case. But if you don't, see if you don't go and get... Um, who... Uh, who Right out of a like a brown center, someone like that. Eat the he would be someone that. Yep. Oh, I forgot to spin his name. Well, there you go. That's that's his, his name. Bold, bold move to pick the white DB. Um, you gotta sometimes mix it up and go with the minority in a bunch of majorities positions. Uh, you know, Riley is an interesting uh, prospect in that he was also one of Bruce Feldman's freaks. Um, he's He is pretty big, I want to say. He's like six foot, 195 pounds. And I think he the, there's reports of him vertical jumping uh, is... 42 inches or something like that. The guy has Im immense measurables. That actually kind of reminds me of everyone being shocked when like uh, Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati last year as a wide receiver started like running and jumping and everyone's like, who is this kid? <laughs> like, and, but he, um, again, pretty older, pretty older prospect. Uh, he played five, 
five seasons, over 2,600 snaps for his time in at Iowa. Um, he has good ball production, uh, recording 11 or 11, 12 interceptions since the 2018 season. Uh, big time vertical leap, as evidenced by his 42 inch vertical leap. Um, he tends to uh, hit pretty well, like from what I noticed when he when he you know spots the ball, he he lowers his shoulder, he puts his body into people, and he finishes the hits. Um, and the other nice thing about him is, especially in the back end of the fourth round, is he's a special teams contributor. Now, the issues come back. He doesn't have the best route recognition. He is uh, more of long speed than he is a quick one, two, three speed. Um, I think he would actually be a perfect fit in this off in this defense, rather, because of what he offers in the physicality department and his ability to play a system versus rely fully on his skills despite some of what his natural gifts appear to be reportedly be um i wouldn't expect much in the way in terms of him like being like a asante samuel as it were where he's this ball hawking defender where he's just breaking on routes and making just making quarterbacks think twice about throwing over there but i think he can play a system very well and I actually kind of like Nomad just echoed in our comment section, he's going to be a steal for a system like this. And I would agree, guys. That's why I picked him. I think he'd be an excellent fit for Matt Eberflus in this system. If not for nothing else, he could be good depth. He can contribute on special teams. And I just kind of like everything he offers, despite being a white corner. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a say- the, that who was it? Um, maybe I don't know where they ended up. Who ran the forty and blew like blew it away at the combine? And Deion Sanders like had to dap him up because he was talking. He was talking. That would be that, that smack before he ran. That was Troy Apke. Like, the fact he just blew it out of water. But um, but yeah, I think some people are going to like legitimately look at Riley Moss and make that same assumption and be like, he's a white DB. What's the point? And whoever takes him, if you can get him in the first. Again, all, you covered it really well. All the things you said, he's, he, he fits the system well. I think he – and I think coaches are going to love him. They're going to get him in the meeting room on the whiteboard, and he's going to blow him away, which is so stereotypical to cite. <laughs> <laughs> Just feeding into the stereotype generator right now. Uh, it's funny. We're kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit on this, but I actually also went DB, but I went with uh, – I'm a Kai oh, Gardner. Oh, I was going to say, was Riley also the son of a football coach? Did, is his dad like the local town football coach? <laughs> well, uh, no, I got Makai Gardner pick round five, six with two, 220. Uh, fifth year senior DB, transferred to LSU after he was actually Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, he made an impact as a player pretty much right away with high instincts. Who was willing to provide a physical presence on the boundary of defense? Plus, he really his own defense with his eyes on the quarterback, but he can play man. Uh, high end closing speed and a high football IQ. 2022 speed is going to be an issue uh 
any keep up with and stride for the first 30 yards or so. But as the play elongates, as on, on those deeper routes, he really get burned. Uh, he did not have a lot of ball production either, which has been a big problem for the, for the Bears. Uh, when you look at, uh, let's say, you know, Jalen Johnson, that's a big question in terms of I think the contract has been an issue with his ball production or lack thereof. Uh, he had three interceptions in 2020, uh, Mikhail Garner, that is, and only one in 2021 and then none in 2022. Now were people not throwing to his side of the field as much, or is that simply, is that an issue? That he is, he was not as productive. So that's at, in the fifth round. Uh, I'll take the the size and the length and the intelligence at the corner. And since you're probably not getting some of the uh, the top speed, I would agree with that. I, I like Garner. Uh, I just when I because I actually had him available in my simulator too. It really came down to fit for me, and I just think that. That Riley fits very well. That's all. Can but, but I can't ever we take him again. break here, then we'll wrap it up. Well, we, I mean, we got multiple drafts, right? So in theory, maybe Garner sneaks drafts in the future. Uh-oh. But we will be back after a short break. Bye. Coming back off the break, I'm back up round 150. I'm gonna tell you right now, I uh, I stole this pick from Brett Coleman. Uh, he wowed me with the description of this man. This no tight end from North Dakota State. He's six foot six, 270 pounds, and has the frame that he could add another 10 to 15 pounds pretty easily. And he plays with every bit of that 270 pound frame he does currently have. If a bear played tight end, it, that would be Noah. Uh, DBs have a hard time bringing him down once he gets on the run, and linebackers also will struggle there too. He's got way better movement than you would think for his size. He had a major injury, so he won't be testing at the combine. Uh, you'll get medicals, you'll get interview. But if you look at the tape, it shows some physicality, and I'm just there's a lot of physicality. It shows fluidity. He's got long arms, which will create a large catch radius. Pretty natural hands, doesn't fight the ball, and which lets him catch it in traffic. As a junior in 2020, he had 17 catches for 193 yards and two touchdowns with a quarterback rating with target of 97.1. He only played in three games for North Carolina State. Like I said, he had that lower leg injury that ended his season. So, But in those three games, though, he had 74 yards and a touchdown. Not too shabby. He doesn't have a ton of suddenness as a runner, and he definitely needs some work as a blocker. I think, you know, once you start to get some of those tight ends that are six foot five, six foot six, et cetera, you, you got to try to figure out how to get your pad level right, um, or else you're going to get abused by people better. Uh, but at this stage, um, I'm not even sure he'll make it to round five. It really depends. There, there could be someone that falls in love with his tape and he sneaks up a, a round or two. Uh, but if you're going to, take a chance on a, a tight end on the, in the later stages around this, this area, this is who I would go with. I get it. It's a lottery ticket at that point. This We're at the point in the draft now where lottery tickets are kind of what you're looking for in a, in a sense. Absolutely. Danny's got some uh, more picks, though, before I get to go again. So round five, pick 150. 
All right, Dontavion Wicks. So let me be frank here and say this is one of my favorite middle round receivers. I think to to this point, probably going to say that a lot when I when we do these because you're picking guys you like and you've studied. He is 6'2", 215 or so pounds, I guess. I I want to be frank here. I do not think he's going to be available in the fifth round. He had an excellent senior bowl from what memory serves. He is, if you, you go in there and watch the tape, the first thing that really pops that pops out. I'll be right back. Okay, so taking a short just an app. Oh, just kidding. I, I think that he's back. I'm Never right mind. back. Sorry, had to, had to go check on something. Um, he is a tightrope master. He he's a true outside ball winning wide receiver. He tightropes the sidelines very well. You know, great body control, strong hands in the air. He he actually is really. I think he's got a time really well because I I see, you watch him and he seems to be pulling away from people when he's playing, uh, and he gets to his top speed. It feels like in the blink of an eye, and. He, then you look at this, like, I mean, you see the picture on here. He is just, he really is put together well. You, you, things you just got to worry about with him is he sometimes is a body catcher. Like he lets the ball get into within his body and he has to probably get a little more experience and more comfortable against zone. I feel like he's more of a man beater at this point versus he is a, Man beater versus having a real feel versus zone. So it's going to be a work in progress, which is why you're getting him in the middle of the rounds. But like I said, once he tests and goes through his pro day, and I'm sure when they get him in the – when coaches get one-on-one time with him, they're going to really love this kid because I know from – I'm never going to meet him, obviously, but I know from what I've watched, I really like what I've seen. Clean up some of the hand stuff, get him more comfortable against zone, make sure he learns how to use his – use all his physical gifts and not just one at a time, use them in unison with each other. I think you're going to have a player on your hands. Yeah. I mean, as Danny said, as Danny said with my last pick, uh, lottery ticket, he's, he really could be a guy that goes early or than this, just as he tests more and, and all that, but he could be a guy that, that does fall. It, it, it really depends. A lot of these guys are a little hit and miss right now, but um, the, the the his senior bowl brought attention, and I think that's the same for a lot of the, a lot of clubs out there. Dan, he's up again. Final picks for each of us, and look at that friend of the podcast, Dorian Thompson Robinson Robinson DTR. So. Don't really need to go much into him. Longtime starter for the Bruins program. Really helped Chip Kelly turn the turn the old ship around there. Uh, I really don't want to go much, go too much into him. I think Mason and I are like the president and vice president of like the DTR like fan fan society. Like I don't think there's a better late round quarterback to draft and bring into this system with Luke Getzey and Justin Fields and and try to establish more of what they're looking for doing. Um, we covered him last up, so I don't need to go into Dorian Thompson Robinson again. Good, Mason. 
No, I, I get you. Um, but like you said, I think if there's anyone that fits well to be a late pick to back up Justin, it'd be him. Um, if you don't get him, maybe you could get uh, – he redshirted his freshman season, and he actually missed 2020 with an injury that sidelined him for the whole year. He suffered two concussions in less than three games in 2019 and then was injured for the duration of the 2020 season. He also had an ankle injury in the 2022 season finale, leading him to miss the bowl game. So that some of his ability to stay on the field, right? Availability is the best ability. Uh, that that was an issue for him. So that's one of the, one of the reasons he's dropping. Um, as a junior in 2022, he played in a total of 12 games, passed for over 3,000 yards, and put up a completion percentage of 65.7%, uh, 31 touchdowns, 12 sacks, and a QB rating of 112.7. As a runner, he logged 63 runs for 379 yards. Uh, he got a couple of awards, too, in 2022. Independent Offensive Player and Quarterback of the Year, All-Independent First Team by College Football Network, the Phil Steele All-Independent First Team, I mean, all the independent awards, however you want to take that. Played baseball, and you can see it with his arm angles. Plays pretty balanced, lands feet. Not as good of a runner as DTR, who you know I highlighted and Danny just talked a little bit about his last week, but he can do enough to definitely hold those backside defenders. Good timing on short routes and a strong arm that can make any NFL throw. Like he doesn't have an elite arm, but he has a very good arm that can make the throws you need him to make. A little smaller at six foot one, uh, better than some prospects that are considered to be top in this year. <laughs> you know, you know whoever you're talking about. Uh, many reads at BYU were only half field reads. And he tends to throw off his back foot when things get messy. And he's going to be 25 by the draft. So, I mean, it's your backup quarterback. I would rather have someone that I don't want a Trevor Simeon anymore. No offense to him. I sure as hell don't want a Nathan Peterman as the Bears actually are going to try to win some games compared to the tank mode they were in last year. Get me someone like a DTR. Get me someone like a Jaron Hall that, you know, if Justin goes down, if he's got a little, a nag, a little, injury that just makes sense hey heal up for a week or two that you could slide someone in and you don't have to change the entire offense like you can know they're not justin fields no one's justin fields but at least they can do like you know a their best reproductive their best representation of him right they can be that that b cast that you see at a matinee of a broadway show and you see the person that's like a good singer but like they're not the greatest singer mm-hmm Jaron Hall just needs to go hire Zach Wilson's publicist. That's all. One, oh, one hundred percent. But uh, these are our drafts. Um, again, just running through mine real quick. I traded uh, the first pick, got two first rounders. I got a second rounder this year, and then a future first. I also got Edge, Miles Murphy, wide receivers Zay Flowers, Kalaja Kansi, Jameer Gibbs, Matthew Bergeron, Trey Palmer. Uh, so the center, one of my favorite picks is really uh, Alusagun at center. Kai Garner, Noah uh, Gindorf would be. Someone I would just root for mercilessly for no reason. And then Jaron Hall. Danny well, got actually a pretty solid draft haul, but traded back a good bit. Was able to get Jackson Smith Jimba. I'm not going to pronounce his name right. Added to Wimma. That's, that's, that's the best I'm going to do right now. Zach Charbonnet, <laughs> Darnell Wright, Noah Sewell, Kobe Turner, Andrew Voorhees, Riley Moss. Probably That's probably my favorite pick on your end is, is Riley Moss um, in terms of the value at, at the spot. Uh, Dontavian Wicks and Dorian Thompson Robinson. Uh, Danny, what are your thoughts on, on these two drafts? Final thoughts. Um, final thoughts. Uh, Miles Murphy, I think you took a little too high, but I can totally see why you did it. Um, I really like Jameer Gibbs. I'm, but I'm the, I'm, I'm the, I'm the building the board thing. I'm the linebacker and running back guy. You're going to be hard pressed to 
get me mad over uh, taking a talented running back in the top fifth at the fifty fourth pick. Um, I really liked your Ola again. Same thing. The Michigan center who I his Ola would be me. I think I did it justice again. Um, I really liked that pick, and then the obviously Gindorf from from. North Dakota State is there to like. It's funny that you said that, that Moss being your favorite. Like, I like the Charbonnet pick from mine, Moss, and then Dontavian Wicks. So I like one of the second-round picks and two of the back-round picks. And the rest of it is like I could change it and not really be upset about it. In full transparency, my Miles Murphy pick, I took – So I'm pretty, I think I said the Seahawks, they trade up and took a quarterback. I did. I had Will Anderson sitting there. I could have taken him. I'm honestly just saving that pick since we can't double down. So I could have take, taken Will Anderson at five. But I'm waiting to get some like combine stuff and all that, hopefully, into mm-hmm. before I take him just to keep things interesting. I don't, it, there's no reason to front load our drafts with all the really, really interesting top people. So um, I agree with you. Miles Murphy was a bit rich there. I would have liked him. I don't even say maybe at, even at nine, maybe like kind of what you what you were you took Jackson Smith, uh, Jackson Smith. So I'm right on right on par with what, what you thought there. But um, yeah, we're gonna I'll throw this on Twitter tomorrow. We'll have a little uh, we'll throw a poll up, see what people like. I know we're uh, <laughs> behind the scenes again. Danny, you sent me this, and then the next text was I don't like my draft. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was great. <laughs> Oh God, life of a draft, Nick. Let me tell you. <laughs> How many times do you think that has to happen? Right, like there's literally an NFL team that they woke up the next. Every time we talk about how people are like, oh, the NFL teams are saying like, yeah, we killed the draft. This is the year. We're, we're there has to be an NFL team that woke up the next day and the GM is like, dude, I messed up. Like, <laughs> this it's is like that. Good. It's like that TikTok sound. Oh, I fucked up. <laughs> like, oh, that has I fucked to happen, up. Right. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it is. Like uh, these guys. Uh, oh, it's like anytime these guys get like a fifth round steal. Like, oh, he was number ten on our total board. Like, no, he freaking wasn't. Don't lie to me. Oh, but God. you know, thank thank you all that that were listening and sticking through. I know my end was probably a little choppy, uh, stupid weather and all that jazz playing it on this side. So thanks for thanks for pushing through. Uh, we're gonna keep doing this. Uh, we'll have another special guest on. Well, not another. We didn't have one today. Kyrie, you know, like Kyrie, hopefully your kid's doing great. I don't know if you're actually going to watch this or not. Probably not. Um, but yeah, he had daddy duty. We'll have a special guest on in two weeks. And then Kyrie will come back two weeks from then. And we'll so on and so forth. We'll get other people's perspectives until leading up to our, our final draft. And hopefully maybe we can do something fun for that to uh, to really round it out. Absolutely. Always a fun time, Mason. All right. Well, we'll wrap up here. Uh, Bear the hell down, everybody. Toodaloo.